Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley. I look forward to doing this podcast every day with you. I talk to you about all your financial investment questions that you might have. And I always am pretty careful, very careful, actually, to give straight unbiased answers. As you know, that's what we tell you every day. And you can test us. You can test whether we do it or not. You can go look up the information we give you and decide for yourself. I'm all for teaching you how to do it, not necessarily doing it for you. You can do it. We don't have any hidden agenda here. We don't. We just we want to help you. And of course, of course, we want to market ourselves. I'm not saying we don't want to do that too, but we will help you if you want to learn how to do this. And I do think everybody should learn how and how investments work in the stock market. Because once you learn it, then then you don't feel you won't be surprised by something happening. You know, you won't be surprised because the market is very can be very volatile, up and down. Volatile up, too. Don't think it's all down. It's not. It's mostly up. Over a long period of time, the volatility is on the upside. But we're going to help you decide what's going on today, what the environment we're in right now, what's going on, and how does that affect my investments, and what should I do about it, if anything. I can say for sure, today's investment is very different than it used to be. I've said this many times now. It's not the same. You have to realize you're dealing with something different. And that something different is higher inflation, higher interest rates. The higher interest rates is more important, in my opinion, not inflation. Because I think inflation will be, will be conquered. It'll either be conquered by us going into a recession. Therefore, prices are going to come down because the demand is gone. Demand, that's what the Federal Reserve is trying to do, destroy demand have some destruction in the demand side of the supply and demand economic environment. Destroy some of that demand. Reduce the pressure. And that will mean uh, that would mean prices will come down and inflation will ease. On the other hand, I think we're going to deal with a higher inflation for some time. 
Anyways, before we get into the end of that, maybe we should go ahead and start taking a call here. We'd like to get right into the questions. So our number is the same, always the same, 888-99-CHART. So give me a call, and let's get right to our first question. Hi, Steve. I'm just, this is Siddharth from Charlotte, North Carolina. I would like to discuss a ticker symbol, KFS, which is Coles. It's down almost 50%. I think it's like a good bargain. Just want to understand the technical analysis, the good entry point, answering the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Kohl's Corporation operates 1,165 family-oriented department stores in 49 states, offers apparel, footwear, and accessories. And, of course, it's very cyclical, right? Very cyclical. Uh, And the economic cycle is pointing downward at this point, at least softening at the very least. So this stock should do poorly in this environment, and it has. It was starting around $60 not that long ago, a month or two ago. Today is at $28.95. So your question is, is this a good enough bargain? I will say that it's probably not the good time to get into Kohl's. KSS is the symbol. Not a good time to get into it. I would wait till the depths of the recession shows up. We haven't seen it yet. I don't think. I mean, it could be, but I don't think so. Um, we're going to get, what, uh, uh, at, in a few weeks, we'll get the first look at the second quarter GDP. And if it's negative, then that means we're officially in a recession. Okay? But Kohl's is going to make $4.82 next year. It made $7.33 this year because this, this year they've already closed their annual, you know, the middle of the year. Uh, and it's going to make four eighty two next year and five thirty two the year after. So earnings are going down. They've already anticipated the recession. So $5.32 on a $28.98 stock, a 95 cent stock, is pretty low. Right? I mean, so what? Five, six, five, six, six PE? Five, six PE, somewhere in there? That's pretty low. A five year range is four to 44. Return on equity is 22, which is very good. They don't have a ton of debt, and they're paying a 6.9% dividend. So, I don't know if they can keep up that dividend. Let's see, $29 stock, $5 in earnings, uh, 7% of 29 They should be able to keep up that dividend. So so if you're buying for the dividend and it's a good, well-run company, then you can go ahead and take your chances. But I wouldn't do it. I think you're early. I just think you're early. Okay. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headline, oil has dropped... And where it goes next is key to inflation. I've said this before. Now, there's an article out there about it, you know, probably several, and I'm going to talk about this particular article. So the energy industry analysts and investment banks are split when it comes to the path of oil. Is it going to go up or going to go down? No one's, no one's consistent. That's interesting. I mean, there's, there's two sides to the coin, either up or down, not staying where it is. Kind of interesting. So we'll have time for that. I have other topics, too, I want to talk about. Uh, how about uh, tomorrow we're going to get some uh, CPI numbers, tomorrow inflation numbers, consumer price index. The day after is the producer price index. But we're going to talk, I want to talk about what the numbers are supposed to be. Home sales are falling fast. We've been talking off and on about the weakening housing market. I got some stats I'm going to share. And oil fell down to $95 a barrel today. Remember, it was 124 now it's 95 Will inflation stick around? 
A Pepsi CEO thinks it is. What does he blame? He blames specific industries. So we're going to talk about that. Those are the things we'll discuss, but of course you come first, right? You will always come first. My trivia question today, it comes at the halfway mark of the show, is about your credit score. You need a decent score to save money on loans. That's coming up at the halfway point. We'll talk about that halfway point of the podcast. But what do you guys want to talk about? The market itself was down today. 193 for the Dow, 108 for the NASDAQ, and 36 for the S&P. So we had an up week last week, and so far this week, it's down. Volatility. Still dealing with it. We're going to deal with it all summer long. And, of course, we've said, Justin and I have been saying that for some time, that, you know, you're just going to have to get used to more volatility. And we're dealing with down volatility. I'm, you know, we're in a bear market by definition. Bear market is 20% down from its high, and almost every index is done, has done that. Or more. Then the growth uh, part of the market is down more, way more like 33 34%. The value part of the market is down what's much less. It's not if you just count value, you're not in a bear market. But you know, the overall market S&P 500 which is the way most uh, experts look at the market, um, it's down to what 21 22% something like that. So what do you guys want to talk about? You're listening to Invest Talk. Because you know our goal of financial freedom we always want that, right? We always, that's our goal. We got to get to that point where we feel personally financially free in our retirement. So we'll talk about it. We're taking, we're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. 888 Let's talk about oil. Let's talk about the high price of oil, where it's going. Now, we know what we know that the the supply chain problems and the war in Ukraine and Russia, you know, that led to prices to pretty record highs in recent record anyway, to about $130, $125, $130 barrel. That was in March, right? 
And since then, the price has come down. Matter of fact, it's uh, down no, you know, uh, more so more than this article says because articles didn't take into consideration today's fall. It was down five or six percent today, so it's now down about eighteen percent or so, nineteen percent from its high. Why do we keep harping on oil? Why do we keep wanting to talk about oil? Because it not because besides being in your car and you're using up gasoline, it's, it affects the economy much wider than that. That's, only, that's a major part, but it's not the only part of the effect in the economy. Okay? Um, so don't think just because it's, you know, gasoline pumped in your car is the only thing that is really driving oil prices and what we use. It's not. We are oil dependent. We, no matter, yes, we're moving toward the green energy with automobiles and solar panels on your house and all that stuff. But we're far, far, far from it. Far from it. So we're still dependent on oil. I mean, I think, yeah, petroleum products account for 36% of the U.S. energy consumption. 36%. Okay, and they can and, and and energy prices represent about seven and a half percent of the CPI that's going to be reported tomorrow. Okay, but it has oil has a multiplier effect because it's used in everything or a lot of different things, and therefore, if it rises or it shrinks, it affects inflation. So just because it's come down strongly recently, uh, we have. You know, we have an outlook of, the, of inflation falling, but I don't think it's going to fall much. And when exactly is that going to reflect? I mean, you see how slow gasoline prices come down, right? So it's a pretty slow process, but it is coming down. Did you know that J.P. Morgan, uh, uh, one of their analysts came out this week saying that he, they think that oil's going to $380 a barrel? Now, I think that's a little absurd at this point. And he's blaming Russia. If Russia decided to cut all its production, they would, well, why would they do that? They still have customers called China and India. That's not going to happen. There is an effort to try to make Russian oil, just specific, specific Russian oil, cap the price to $40, $60 a barrel. That's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to force that. It's just, yeah, some of the politicians just, I think, I think they just don't think. And you can't get more oil from OPEC, Saudi Arabia or all those countries. They, they don't, first of all, Saudi Arabia, they don't have the capacity. They're pumping as much as they can. They want that high price. They're pumping it. So don't think that's going to change. We, you know, we, demand destruction is what, the Fed's trying to do, and so far they've been unsuccessful because people are still out there driving their cars. People want to get out of the house. They've been cooped up with COVID in the last couple of years. They still want to get out and do stuff, and that means driving your car. So the demand hasn't been destroyed yet despite the high prices. So that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Okay, We're moving into a break. I'm here, and I'm here right now live, so I'm taking your calls. Once you give me a call, we'll talk about it. You can interact with me if you want to. So call as this is Invest Talk, everybody, 888 99Chart.
No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. It's Kevin from La Crescenta, California. You guys talked about REITs uh, recently, uh, which, you know, include uh, a great variety of REITs out there. One I've been watching is DLR, Digital Realty Trust. I mean, it's fallen quite a bit and seems to have found some support around 120. Looks like it closed around 128 today. I'm wondering if you think that it's a good time to get into this stock. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thank you again. Okay, well, it dropped to 124.35 today. Um, it's Digital Realty Trust, DLR is a symbol. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that owns and acquires uh, 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 and manages technology-related real estate in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. It's a $35 billion company, so it's pretty big, and they make money. They make good money. Now, remember, a REIT has to be required, is required to be in real estate in some way. Okay, so this fits. And as a REIT, you, it's required to pay 90% of its earnings out in the form of a dividend to the shareholders. And if it qualifies for that, which this one does, obviously, then it will not have to pay income tax on the income to the company. You have to pay the tax when they pay you the dividend. Okay, this P, this repays 3.9% right now. It's $124 stock. Uh, they're going to make $6.95, almost $7 next year. Next year, $7 a share, right? So if it's, so what is 90% of seven? $6.30, right? And it's got to pay 90% on the, in the dividend. So what's that $6 based on 124? What kind of percent return am I getting on the dividend? And it's about, you know, four and a half percent or three-quarters percent, something like that. So that's what they should pay if they make the earnings they say they are. Remember, your read is all about the dividend. Can they pay it? Is it rising? That, it's, it's all it is. You know, if, you know, is the stock too pricey? Not what it was, what, $180 or so a share, close to it? Uh, yeah, way too expensive. Today it's 124 It's fallen from that high to in the beginning of the year to now to 124 Is it a good time to buy it right now? I'd probably be patient with it. It doesn't have a lot of debt, which is good, or REIT. Uh, a huge cash flow, $11.62, which is very good. But fundamentally, it's a very strong company. It's a very strong company. So I, I do like it from that point of view, and it does seem to have found support 121, 122 per share. It's at 124 now. So it's come down in recent recent few weeks from 139 down to 124. And it's done that before and bounced up from there. So let's see if it – I would be patient because I want to see if it bounces up again. I mean, it shows that that's support. So that's a good thing. And it does – if you're patient, you'll be fine. Okay, but I don't like to buy what we call a falling knife. A stock is still falling. I want to see it has some strength. DLR, everybody. That's what that one is. Um, tomorrow, we're going to have inflation numbers, CPI. Month over month, it's supposed to be up 1.1%. 1. 1%. 
that's up from 1% the month before, so just a tenth of a point more. They think it's going to rise. Year over year, is supposed to be 8.8%, and they're going to, it was 86 uh, uh, as reported last month. So year over year, is going to be up. But what's interesting is the core inflation. Now, they strip out food and energy. They said that was 6% year over year last month, but this time, coming up tomorrow, it's going to be 5.7. So they're saying non-core is still going to rise. Core, which excludes food and energy, is going to go down. So, But energy is the big driver of inflation right now. And can you exclude it from your life? Can you exclude food and energy from your life? No. So it does impact us, whether they want to count it or not. So it is kind of important. Why do they exclude food and energy? I mean, uh, they they say because it's really volatile, and they're trying to smooth out the rise or fall you know, of inflation. Well, even if you smooth it out, you're still talking about inflation 5.7%. When inflation was 2%, 2.5% a year ago, year and a half ago, pretty, pretty stiff inflation, no matter how you look at it. You know, home sales have been falling, and they've been falling fast. Have you noticed that? The sales of home. I'm not talking about the price. I'm talking about the sales. Sales. Sales for homes fell 14.9%. Okay? So that's of 60,000 homes purchased. Okay? Uh, and it, they fell. They, they, didn't get, they didn't go through. 14.9% of them didn't go through. So we're looking at a housing situation that's going to be difficult. Seven, seven percent of the houses for sale have fallen in their offering price. Okay, so, so it's going to be a difficult thing because we're having, you know, that was a very strong part of our economy, homes. It's not anymore. One of the weaker parts now. Unless you have piles of cash before you make a large purchase on credit for a house or possibly a car, expensive car, you'll need to have pretty decent credit score, right? You'll need it. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Generally speaking, do you know the five factors used in setting up your credit score? How they set it? After break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone line is open. I will encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process, 
designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. FICO, F-I-C-O, FICO originally... Bear Isaac and Company, that's what it stands for, is a data analytics company based in San Jose, California, focused on credit scoring services. It was founded in 1956. Its FICO score is a measure of consumer credit risk and has become a fixture of consumer lending in the United States. So your FICO score is put up by a company. Okay, that's what they do. So FICO considers five factors in calculating your credit score. Then, and I'll put them in order of importance. One is payment history. That's 35% of your score, payment history. So make your payments on time and in full. Number two, amount owed. That makes up 30% of the score. So your credit utilization ratio, the ratio of the amount of credit you use and the amount you have extended. Try to keep it low. Number three, length of credit history. That's 15%. The longer you make payments and you've seen that you make payments, the more the more higher score you'll get and you make them on time, pay them in full. 
and then um, credit mix is 10%. What kind of credit you have, what, you know, credit card, house, you know, that thing kind of thing, and installment plans. And then new inquir- inquiries, 10%. Don't apply to too many lines of credit or credit cards, you know, in a short period at least. So, now if you have a credit score of 800 or higher, that means you're pretty good risk. That's a very good number to have. Very good number. And, you know, that's your goal. You want a good credit score because you never know. If you want to sell your house or buy another one, you want to buy a car, you know, the higher your credit credit score is, the better off you'll be. It's as simple as that. And it's not like you have to do anything special. You just... So these are the rules. You don't have to follow them. You don't want to. If you don't want to make your payments on time, you don't have to. You just get worse credit score. So don't do that, though. Let's go to Richard in Santa Clara. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. Yeah, I'm calling in from uh, actually Santa Clarita. Ah. I called a couple of days ago. But the uh, uh, reason I'm calling, um, I'm looking at a, a stock. Uh, it's an Italian utility, and they'll Spa. It's uh, the symbol E N L A Y, and it's uh, Vesson Renewables, and it looks like it's uh, all over the place. Besides Italy, right? Uh, it has it has dropped, but according to TD Meritrade, and this may be inaccurate because it's saying it pays a yield of twenty three point zero three percent. That may not be. That may be an error. Yeah, it doesn't sound right but, to me. Uh, uh, I'm just wondering if this may be uh, a good place, a good in, you know, given this environment, uh, a good a good buy, a good buy and hold. Well, it's a foreign uh, stock. It has- okay, it's a foreign stock. I can tell by the Y on the end of any any symbol. It usually means it's foreign. Therefore. It may or may not be traded on an exchange, and as I'm looking it up, I don't, it doesn't show up on our exchanges anywhere, so it's probably on the pink sheets. To me, yeah. they're, they're just uh, not on I, per- I purchased a little bit through TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it went through. There was an ADR, you know, they, there's an ADR fee for it, so it uh, was it's purchasable. So, I, you know, a little, I, just a little bit, but... Uh, well, it's not coming up on most of my pieces of software. As if it's an ADR, everybody, that's called American Depository Receipt, meaning that one of the big banks in the United States has sponsored them to trade on our exchanges. Okay, but I, what's the name of the company? What's the name of the company? It looks like it's Enel, E-N-E-L. So E-N is a Nancy E-L, and then uh, S-P, and then capital uh-huh. A. Okay, try that. P. Okay. Nope. Huh. I'll try a different way. Yeah, I'm not being, I'm not coming, I'm not helping you very much, am I? Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, uh, E-N-E-L-S-P, E-N-E-L, E-N-S, E-N-E-L-S, you know, it just doesn't come up on my pieces of software here. So, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to tell you I'm not going to be able to help you with it. I do like utilities at this time in the market, but, you know, if it's an energy stock, you know, 
uh, I kind of like energy long term, and you know, I just have to. I just I can't answer the question on this particular stock. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, and it's primarily looks like renewables versus ah, fossil well, fuels. I've noticed that Europe has turned away a little bit from renewables because the renewables because they know they can't survive once Russia turns off the switch. <laughs> so they they had to like, okay, wait a minute, we need to get back to some of our natural gas, oil, or you know, uh, coal. And I, even though it's dirty, you're gonna you can't just you just can't move all that fast. And I think that the world is trying to move so fast to the clean energy, which is I don't have a problem with the move, but you got to make a proper transition. You can't just ignore. You know the the oil and natural gas. You can't. It's still the right. demand's still going up for those things. Anyways, appreciate yeah. the call. Thank you for listening, Richard. Okay. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Let's bring it back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Denmark. Hello, Invest Talk Yannick from Denmark, asking about ticker symbol PVH uh, makes the sells the Tommy Hilfiger and Kelvin Klein brands. The stock looks very undervalued, though I don't know much about the sportswear sector in the U.S., so I'd like to hear your opinion about this stock, maybe in comparison with its competitors, because okay. it has a low P.E., and it pays a very low dividend, but uh, I'm seriously considering buying this stock. Thank you. Bye. Okay, uh, it markets men's, women's, children's, dress shirts, sportswear, footwear, intimate apparel, swimwear, PVH Corporation is the name. They they are a holder of various brand names, uh, <clears throat> and it's a $57.08 stock. Uh, it's trading uh, uh, at the this, this coming year, not... This year, it's 2022, it's made already $10.15 a share. Next year, it's going to make $8.97 a share. And the year after, $10.51 a share. So that makes it a 6 PE. Pretty low price. That is the low of its range. Okay? Return to equity is 15%, which is decent. Cash flow is very good at $15 a share. Debt is low. So all those things make this a pretty solid company. Uh this is your worry. Why did it fall from 120 all the way down, just like the previous retail company we talked about? Because we're in this, we're, where we are in the cycle, the economic cycle. You know, we're looking at a slowdown in the economic cycle, right? We're looking at possible recession. So retailers are usually suffer quite a bit. And so investors are already selling it. Now your question is, it looks pretty cheap now. Is it time to get back into it? And I'll tell you, I'll give you the same answer I gave the previous caller about a retailer. I think you just need to be patient. I think, yeah, it's it's pretty reasonable. It, it is pretty reasonable. But I'm not sure if we have seen the the all the damage done in all these in the market yet. And I would like to see that. Uh, I think we've got some more damage to come, and we'll know this month and next month when we get those stats. So by September, uh, I may be looking very hard at these kind of companies because now it might be earlier if I think that the the damage, all the damages are going to incur has it already occurred. A lot of it has. But I just don't want to be in a big rush to get back in the market right now. I do like this company. It looks pretty strong. Let's go to Inrash in, Inrash in uh, Bay Area. How are you doing? Hi, Steve. Um, I'm doing good. How are you? 
Good. I really appreciate the call. I really do. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, I have a question regarding the energy sector. I see that uh, the energy stocks uh, have taken a good correction for the last week or 10 days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually looking to uh, buy into a few stocks. Uh, but I just wanted to know before, uh, like, what's your outlook on the energy sector in the near future? Will they keep up the momentum or are they done for the entire all, all that we saw year to date uh, highs are they done or we still have something in the in the, in the in the tank in the near future okay that's one question another one is i was actually looking for investing into uh, a etf to be on a safe side like a vde or an xle but they are pretty top heavy they're almost 40 50% is into your exxon mobil or uh, the chevrons uh, so i didn't want to really go with them and i did my own research i found uh, uh, Devon Energy, ticker symbol DVN, and uh, Cotera Energy, ticker symbol CTRA. These mm-hmm. to be like uh, at a pretty good valuations at this point. So I wanted your opinion on which of these would make a better buy at this moment. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I can't look up all those stocks for you and, and answer your question that fast. Uh, if we're talking about energy, let's talk, start there. Energy had a big run up and then it gave a lot of, not a lot, it gave some of that run up back because oil prices fell from their high to, to what, $95 now. The question you're asking is, 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 the, is, is energy stocks going to make another run because is energy still oil still going to go up in price or is it going to come off and stay low and what's really interesting you have two analysts i see are going are going both ways one that came out said the oil was going to go to 350 dollars a barrel i don't think so but that's what he said and it respects an analyst another one said it's going to go to 65 dollars come on that's a huge gap so those are the ex- the extremes. I feel that you're going you should be buying energy on this dip that we're getting. Now I don't know if it's I, I, one of the reasons is many of these companies and you mentioned Devon Devon Energy Devon uh, they pay nine point eight percent dividend. Uh, they pay many of these big oil companies pay huge dividends. Well, even if they don't go up in price, man, you can collect dividends forever, really good, strong dividends. Devon Energy is one of the ones I like a lot. Return equity is 39%. They don't have a lot of debt. They have great cash flow. You know, earnings per share is strong and always has been pretty strong, except for 2020, you know, with the COVID year. But, I, I, you know, do you buy them now? Again, I'm, same argument. Do you be a little patient for the summer? I think you might be a little bit patient. You could buy some now, but I wouldn't buy a whole position right at this point. So, appreciate the call. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, no, that was Enrich. Thank you, Enrich. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. You want to grow your wealth, right? Everybody wants to grow their wealth. Well, that's great. But, of course, you make your investment choices. There will be always be fear that you're going to make a mistake. There always will be. So that's why we do this show, to make you more aware of the risks that you're taking. And because remember, there's only two emotions, fear and greed. Now, what's your what's your risk that you're taking? Well, my advice is dealing with this reality is to define 
what your comfort zone is. What what level of risk do you want to be? And, and it's hard to do that, but we do have a free online tool for you to do that if you want. It's called Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire, very short, and it will give you a score, a risk score. And it kind of gives you what your risk tolerance of the market is. The risk risk tolerance, the, the S&P 500 is around 80 on that risk uh, that uh, riskalyze risk score. So if you want to be fully mar- market risk, if you knew your your portfolio should be about an 80. And your score for your personal risk tolerance should be about 80. So it should all match up. If it's less, you should all match that up too. So yeah, it's just a good way to try to determine where you are. Really. And just go to investtalk.com. You'll see it. Take the Riskalyze questionnaire. Okay? I'm ready to take your questions. Number's always the same. Never changes. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Now, oil is down 95 to $95 a barrel, so it's down pretty big today. And OPEC does not have excess capacity to, you know, Biden is there today asking them to print, punch, to pump more oil. But, I, I, you know, the studies I've seen show that they're pretty much at maximum. You know, Saudi Arabia and all those countries in the Middle East, they're pumping as much as they can at this point. Why wouldn't they? And get a pretty good price for it. Okay. Um, the problem is, as I mentioned earlier, is demand. Our de- we, we, the United States, our citizens, the consumers, still will pay top dollar for gasoline at the pump. There was really no slowdown. When gasoline here in California six dollars a barrel, I mean six dollars a gallon, and the rest of the country four fifty five dollars, we didn't slow down our spending, didn't slow down our gasoline purchases, and now they come off. I think gasoline prices have fallen like twenty thirty days in a row, penny at a time, of course, uh, but um, and demand's still very very high, and this is a very high demand part of the year, summer, so. You know, the Fed is trying to kind of destroy that demand by raising interest rates so to slow down the economy, and that's the whole effort. You've got to realize that's what the Fed is doing, and when it raises interest rates, it affects different parts of the market, especially the real estate market. So be aware. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. Same goal we've had for years and years and years and years, well, over two decades. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Dave in San Diego. And I wanted to run a company by you and see what you thought. It's uh, Garmin, symbol G-R-M-N, a Swiss uh, GPS and aviation company. It's down 43% from its high now at 104 Earnings growth looks pretty good, 10 to 15% consistent. PE is 18. Revenue also grows about about 10 to 15%. The dividend is strong at 3% yield, and it grows every year, maybe maybe about 8%. Anyway, I thought I'd see what you had to say about it and hopefully catch you uh, later on the show. 
Thanks. Bye. Okay, Garmin Limited, GRMN manufacturers and markets handheld portable fixed mount GPS systems for automotives and outdoor marine and fitness kind of thing. Been around a while. Uh, they're going to make five dollars and ninety-four cents this year, then six dollars sixty-one cents next year. It's a hundred and one dollars seventy-five cents stock, so one hundred and two dollars we'll call it, and it was at one hundred and sixty plus, as you mentioned. Um, so it's come down pretty strong. Um, is it cheap? No, I think it's at fair value. Myself, right now, it's going to make six dollars sixty-one cents. So that makes it what a fifteen sixteen PE. Five-year range is 13 to 30, so it's near the lower range. has good return on equity, 19%, and 2.9% dividend. So, I, But I, I will say you, I think the sales are weaker than you, you have. I think they're, they're sub-10%. The most recent quarter was 9%. The quarter before that was 3 The quarter before that was 7 So if you're looking at the annual sales, because the quarter before that, which would have been four quarters, was 53% growth. So now it's only growing 9%. So I think going forward, you're going to have to use a, 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 a smaller sales growth projection. Therefore, that makes it, in my mind, fairly valued where it is, about $100. I'd rather see you pick it up less than that, you know, maybe $85, $90 per share. But it's a good, solid company. It just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, it's, it's solid, but... Not my cup of tea for some reason. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Now, will inflation stick around? According to Pepsi's CEO, he thinks it is. And he has something to blame. He specifically says the reason is, across the board, commodity prices are going to stay high. And they're pushing. Remember, commodities commodities are what at the front end of the supply of manufacturing of most finished products. Right? Because and if you're not talking about tech, which is, but if you're talking about aluminum cans for to make Pepsi or packaging and the food that goes into the package, you know, commodities are the base material you start with. And if those prices go up, it, you know, ripples through the rest of the manufacturing process. And of course, being Pepsi, which, you know, is one of the largest snack food manufacturers in the country besides our drinks, uh, you know, he would he would have his hands on, he would have his thumb on the pulse, I would think. I would think. But he thinks commodity prices are going to stay high, and therefore inflation is going to stick around. It's not going to, you know, I think the same thing, and you, I'm, I'm not trying to find people who agree with me, because I, I like to listen to both sides. But I think commodity prices are probably going to stay on the high side. Yeah, oil will go up and down, up and down. I think you know, uh, I think it'll go below hundred dollars barrel, and it's ninety five today. But I don't see it going to sixty, as some experts say. But I also see it going to higher eventually, maybe in a year or two, higher than it was recently. I think it's going to go up, not down. And my reasoning is more, and remember, oil is really a pusher of inflation or deflation, for that matter. You know, depending on the price. So, but, you know, Chevron, Exxon, Devon, all those energy companies, they've cut way back on their capital expenditure starting about two years ago because everybody hates oil. And they reduced their expenses and expenditure to look for new oil. 
and we're paying the price for that now. That's what it is. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And please, be re- if you do download us from iTunes, please give us a review. I really would appreciate that. Remember, a positive ratings raises our profile, and that helps us. And that eventually helps you because it keeps us on the air. Okay? Independent thinking and shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night, everybody. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.